0: On behalf of all of us to you, John, thank you for getting off your fanny. <laughs> we uh, we appreciate that. Uh, John was instrumental uh, for those of you who see what's taking place in our cafe area. Uh, it's all volunteer hours and you know work you know from him. So let's can we just thank John you know again, you know here, online, Otis, uh, and and it's right. There's something that happens when we get involved. There's something that happens in our heart when we're not just cheering on what God is doing, but we're finding ourselves saying, I'm on the team. I'm, I'm engaged. I get to be a part of what God is doing. And uh, God is doing a lot of things around here. But I want to point something out, you know, on this day especially. God is doing incredible things in our Next Generation Ministries. And uh, what I mean, those of you guys who don't know what I mean when I say Next Generation Ministries, is he's doing an incredible work in our youth and middle school, our middle school and high school ministries. Um, on a regular basis. Let me just give you just a little idea. Uh, this past week, uh, we had over 230 middle school and high schoolers that were here on a Wednesday night, which is the largest that we've had at one time in the last five years. You know, and so just absolutely amazing absolutely amazing just continue to invite friends and they continue to reach out and they continue to do what God's called them, you know, to do for their generation. In our kids ministry, uh, we see more and more that are coming back. So again for those of you who are online, uh, I get this every once in a while. I didn't know that you had kids ministry back yes. Yes, full kids programs, you know, from, you know, birth all the way through, you know, 5th grade, uh, in the morning, Thursday night, middle school is having their small group time. You know, that takes place on Thursday nights as well. And in case you're watching and wondering at home, but uh, our, our, in, in our elementary age you know, groups, they're just, it just, it's just coming out of the seams. you got all these people are coming. And yet, whenever you have God move, God creates an opportunity that's disguised as a problem. And so the opportunity that's disguised as a problem is we had 230 middle school and high school students and 12 adult leaders. Okay, in our, in our kids' ministry, they're averaging almost over 300 you know, a weekend, and there's probably 30 volunteers amongst all the age groups that are taking place. And so we're seeing more that's coming back. So we can see that as a problem, or we can see that as an incredible opportunity because God is at work. And when God is at work, we get to be like John Kennard, as he just talked about in the video, and say, you no, I'm going to clap and be applauded with what's going on, or I'm going to say, you know what, now it's time for me to be engaged. Now it's time for me to plug in. Now it's time for me to get into the game. So I'm asking you to prayerfully consider jumping in somewhere in our next generation ministries. In fact, I'm going to go one step further. How many of you, and again, put this on the chat. Otis, raise your hand as well. And Barker here, raise your hand. How many of you have a child under the age of 18 in our ministry somewhere? Raise your hand. Okay. My hand is raised as well. I've got an elementary and I've got two high school, you know, students who are in our ministries also. Here's my challenge for you. As parents, if you are appreciating what God is doing here, I'm going to ask for one hour a month for the next six. One hour. What I'm asking you to do is can you volunteer... And you don't have to volunteer in your kid area. I understand that as well. You know, some of the high schoolers are looking at me like, I don't want my mom and dad to be in my youth ministry. I'm not saying with them, but can you volunteer in the ministry for at least once a month for the next six months? That means I'm asking for six hours from us as parents. Because we believe as God continues to bring people and as people start coming back on site that we'll see more and more volunteers, but we're in this season of opportunity. Some see it as a problem. I see it as an opportunity to engage us at this gap bridging time for us to engage our next generation. And here's what I hear from all all people who come to Valley Real Life. They're like, one of the things I love about Valley Real Life is it's multi-generational, right? If we don't care for the next generation, it's going to be single-generational right? So I just want to provide that opportunity, and as a fellow parent, to ask you, can you commit, one of you, if, if, if a husband and wife is there, if it's a single mom, I get it, we'll ask the husband and wife to both volunteer, because you need a break. So we want to make sure we're caring for our single parents, but one hour a month for the next six to seven months to get us so as you came in on your seats, there's an opportunity to say, you know what? I don't even need to pray about this. I'm going to put it in the chat. I'm going to go online. Even if you have your smartphone to vrl.church serve to be able to jump in or you fill out that card and you turn it in as you leave and you say, I can do this. I can do this because this next generation's at stake and it's a pivotal time and we need to jump in, in this crazy coming out of the pandemic kind of season. Does that make sense? Are we in? You know, can we do something like this? Okay, I'm, I'm not the only excited one. I know you're excited as well. So with that, why don't we pray for our next generation, for our time together. Jesus, thank you so much for how you're leading, how you're guiding, how you can use us to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. And I pray, Father, that uh, you would just lead us and guide us and help us to find ways to, to build a, a, a bridge to just to jump in, uh, just to be able to help out you know, in our kids and our youth, uh, Lord, so that they can continue to come and experience you in the way that you've called and designed. So just thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And allow us just to continue to be a part of it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today, we kick off this series that I'm so excited about, and it's called Dangerous Prayers. Because if we're going to be honest, I'm looking at myself first, most of the prayers that if you are a follower of Christ can come across as superficial, maybe more self-focused, or just plain weird. Okay, uh, There is kind of a, a tradition, and I grew up in a pastor's household, that there is three main times for those who are follower of Christ that uh, you have a tendency to pray. Uh, one is either in the morning or in the evening. There's this kind of this rhythm that takes place. The second is over food. Uh, and the third is if you have a child that's usually when you're putting your child down to bed. Those seem to be the three consistent. But here's what we know is that uh, it's very hard to find somebody at some point in their life that just refuses to pray. Even people who don't believe in God, when they come across a crisis or something that's beyond their control that they can't do, they'll actually entertain, and maybe that's been you as you look at your past, a higher power. And that happens in, in the course of when I was in high school, it's like I showed up to physics class, or I, you know, let's, not, let's not pretend I'm that smart, uh, to uh, ge- geometry, you know, and, and uh, I got to geometry class, and I was, oh no, I, I have a test, I forgot to study, I don't know anything about it, and you throw up a Hail Mary. And it's like, God, uh, I didn't study. I don't know the answer, so just please help me through this, right? And you see that, you know, as you kind of go through those, those seasons. Or maybe you lost a job, and you're like, you know what? I don't believe in God, but if you're there, you know, can you help provide me a job? Or the most oftentimes we see it is in crisis, uh, when you have uh, somebody that finds out they have cancer. And, and uh, all of a sudden, they're beside themselves, and they, they cry out, like, God, you know, I know we've not been real close, but, but if you can really help me out in this one. And it's almost like a bargaining-type prayer. And so most people pray. Uh, but as a follower of Christ, let's take a look at these three most common, you know, uh, areas, like this time when we, we pray over our food. Okay, now that's great. I, I don't want to downplay it too much, uh, but uh, I know that as I got older, and maybe it's because we prayed for every meal, every cracker, every whatever, you know, we, we just wanted to speed it up. And especially when I was in high school and college, I'm like, I'm hungry. So you have these prayers like, you know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. You know, and you're just like, yeah. You know, or, you know, one of, uh, uh, one of my favorites is good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. You know, it's just like, let's get into it. Let's just kind of get the ritual done and let's move on. But my favorite and most common food prayer goes something like this. God, thank you for providing this meal that I eat. And I pray that you'll help me help, help it to nourish my body as I'm about to eat a double bacon cheeseburger, large fries, Coke, and a milkshake. Well, that does show is that you and I believe that God is a God of miracles. You know, that's what it actually proves by that prayer. Let him nourish our bodies. And I'm looking behind me like, there's no way that thing's nourished in our bodies. But we can believe in miracles. You know, at nighttime, right? Nighttime is uh, that uh, common prayer if you have kids. You know, the common prayer is, God, I just pray you would guide them, lead them, give them a good sleep, help them have a good day. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong with praying to God. But the one I grew up with was just a little bit more frightening. You know, a little bit more on edge, you know, and some of you guys know this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Have a good night, Danny. You're like, What? I'm like, ah, oh, there's a chance I could die, you know, in this night, and God's going to take me? I mean, that's a creepy prayer, people, you know, that we just kind of learn. So it's just superficial and awkward and weird. You know, uh, uh, you know, we do this, though, you know, on a regular basis. There's these rote kind of prayers, you know, and so we pray things like for, <laughs> one of my favorites is, you know, for a hedge of protection, right? And it's a, it's a Bible thing. We pray for a hedge of protection. Really, A bush? You know, a bush, you know, like, I mean, like, can't you say like a fortress of steel? You know, or something like that. Now, again, don't give me emails. I understand the hedge that surrounded the sheep and protected from the wolves. And Dan, it was really strong. I get it. I said, but I want something just a little sturdier in 2021. We just have these things that kind of come out on a regular basis. And if we really look at it, look at our prayers that, that kind of come out of our mouths. Um, oftentimes, if we're just honest, they're so me focused, they're so self-focus. Bless me, guide me, lead me, provide for my wants, my needs. You're the genie in the bottle, and I want my three wishes. It's kind of what we're asking God to lead and guide with us. But what do we really believe about prayer comes out with how and what we pray for. What if we started praying a little bit more dangerously? And danger doesn't mean something tragic is going to happen. Danger just means being a little more risky. Something that's going to actually make an impact in your life or the lives around you. You know, prayers like, search me, oh God, and see if there's any offensive way in me. And cleanse me in my heart from my sin. God, your will and not mine. Or break my heart, Lord, for the things that break your heart or forgive me as i forgive others or help me to be bold or send me lord i'm willing to go anywhere if it's for your gain and your glory these are dangerous prayers do we really want the answers to these things so we're going to walk through some of those in these next few weeks together so let's start with this first dangerous prayer That I hope really that you will commit to. We're not gonna just talk about prayer, we're gonna give you opportunities and action steps every single time that we gather. So here is the first prayer. Here's today's prayer Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It may not sound dangerous, but we'll get to that in just a second. God is speaking all the time, but the question is are we listening? And we find this prayer specifically in 1 Samuel chapter 3 in the Old Testament. See, what's taken place is Elijah is over the priesthood, you know, at that time underneath God's direction, but his family has turned against God, and even though they're priests, they're not following what God has asked and God has commanded. Now, at the same time, there is a woman named Hannah who has not been able to have a child. And so she goes to the temple, and she prays. Talk about a dangerous prayer. Here's what she prays. She says, God, if you should give me a son, I will give this son back to you. He is yours for his entire lifetime. That is a dangerous prayer. Her prayer was answered. And what's fascinating is that her son then goes and actually lives at the temple, and his name is Samuel under... Eli's instruction. Now just as a side note, shouldn't that be a prayer if you're a parent? Shouldn't that be a regular prayer like, God, I'm just a steward of this child. Help me to raise this child that you have given to me to steward as unto you, and may they live for you for the rest of their lives. That is a great and dangerous prayer. So anyway, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we read about what's taking place in Eli's family. And so um, Samuel is about uh, probably 11 to 13 years of age at this point. And it's great for those of you guys, you know, who are youth right now, those of you who are newer in your faith, because all of a sudden he's going down to sleep and he hears the voice of the Lord who calls him by name and says these words, Samuel, Samuel, to which he replies, here I am. Did you call me? And he runs up and he goes into Eli's room and says, I'm here. Eli's like, didn't call you. You had a dream. Go back to bed. Dan's paraphrase version. Goes back to bed. Second time. Samuel, Samuel. And he gets up and he runs back to Eli's room. Did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. A third time. Samuel, Samuel. He gets up, runs to Eli. Did you call me? No, I did not call you. Finally, it dawns on Eli that God was actually calling to him. And he says to him, he says, hey, next time you hear him call you, say these words. Here I am. Speak, Lord your servant is listening. And God showed up again, called his name, says, here I am, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then he gave him instructions on what was going to take place in not so happy terms to Eli and his entire household. But it was the first time that he had heard the voice of the Lord. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, which is the question we've got to answer with the time we have left. How do I hear God's voice? How do I learn to hear his voice? You know, we're fairly good at talking when it comes to God. We're not so good at listening. I think it might be true in a lot of relationships if we're actually going to be really, really honest. We have a lot of things to say. We just don't want to really listen in our day and age, especially. People often ask, you know, I don't know how to distinguish if it's God or is it? my own head? Is it my own desires? Is, it, is he talking? Am I talking? Am I falling asleep? And my wife is whispering in my ear subconsciously about things that I should do the next day. And I wake up. I'm like, I guess Lord is leading me. So is it my wife? Is it, is it God? I don't, I don't actually know what's happening. And so I want to walk through, how do I learn to listen and hear God's voice so that you can respond, Lord, here I am, your servant, speak to me. So here's the first way. You've got to grow. In your relationship with Jesus. You got to grow in your relationship with Christ. See, what you need to understand is in John chapter 10, Jesus says these words, in John chapter 10 verse 3, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and calls the sheep who recognize his voice, and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. How does this happen? You can go to Jerusalem today, and on the outskirts of Jerusalem, they still have shepherds and a bunch of sheep that are out there, and goats. And there's multiple shepherds, and they gather these sheep in fields, and all of a sudden, I look out, they're going, oh my goodness, you got... This group of sheep that's mixed with these group of sheep, I'm like, now it's all going to be mixed up. How are they going to get through this? How are they, when it's time to leave, do they all leave together? Nope. The shepherd just makes a call, and the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice, and they leave all the rest, and all of his sheep begin to follow why? Because the shepherd has spent so much time caring for, taking, you know, uh, 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 looking out for them, letting them hear his voice. And because of the time they've spent in relationship, the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. And when the shepherd gives instructions, the sheep listen because they have been trained that way. It's the same thing with God. It's no different actually in your relationships or mine as well. A, a, a child, you know, can hear a mom's voice from far away especially when they're doing something wrong right and they know when it's their own mom or vice versa a mom can hear a child cry and it doesn't take long for them to, that's my child uh, how do you know well because you spent time with this child uh, here's what i can tell you is i don't have to look at caller id when my wife calls and i pick up all i need to hear is one word out of her mouth and i know it's my wife now i used to be able to say the same thing about my kids but my 15 year old now is, is, his voice is going down another octave, and I have con- trouble confusing both of the sons, you know, at times, and they're actually p- messing with me from time to time on that. But you know the sound. The more you're in a relationship with people, you know the sound, the tone of someone's voice, and the deeper you're in relationship, the easier it is to recognize their voice. So the first thing that God wants us to do is to grow in our relationship with Him. The more you know the Savior, the more it's gonna be easier for you to recognize His voice. So, how do we do that? How do we get to know the Savior? We spend time in his word. We, we attend church on a regular basis. So We're in weekly life groups. We pray on a regular basis, which we'll get to in just a second. So the first way to, to learn to hear the voice of God is to grow. Secondly is to be still and focused. To be still and focused. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. We've got to slow down, right? We're in a fast, even with COVID and everything that's happened this year, we're in such a fast-paced culture and a fast-paced mind, and this doesn't help our attention span whatsoever for us to actually put it away, to not look at it, and to be still and know that he is God. Matthew chapter five, 6, verse 5 says it this way. Jesus says, but when you pray, go away by yourself shut the door behind you and put your phone away and pray to your father. Maybe that's a 21st century version. Uh, pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. What Jesus is not saying is that we're, he encourages us to pray in public. He encourages us to pray with other people. He does it all the time. What he's saying is that it's not about you when you pray. He goes, spend time with God so you can get to know his voice. So here's some ways in which you can do that. They will be really, really practical and helpful, just like this whole message is going to be. Pick a study or book in the Bible with a spiritual partner. Do you have somebody who also wants to grow in the relationship with God, and you partner with them, and you say, hey, let's pick a book in the Bible and go through it together. Uh, let's pick uh, through the YouVersion Bible app. There are so many, and let's do this together, even if we're meeting at different times. And watch to see how you continue to grow. Uh, maybe, and Also, pick a regular time and place. For me, uh, I, in, my, in our bedroom, I've got this uh, chair, this, this fine, that tiny little nightstand, you know, a little lamp that's right there, and it's my quiet time place. It's my time to be with God. And then I would say, grab a Bible and grab a journal. Grab a Bible, grab a journal. You can, you can use your phone for sure. I just know sometimes the phone can get distracting if there's text messages and things coming on. But grab a journal for sure, because God is going to speak, and you're going to want to write down some of the things that he's saying to you. Which leads us to the third way to learn how we can connect and hear the voice of God. can grow in relationship, be still in focus. Number three, pray. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. See, speak, Lord. See, God speaks in different ways. He's speaking all the time. Like one of the first ways that we know God speaks is through his word. John chapter 8, verse 47 says, anyone, Jesus says, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. So the Bible is alive. It is active. God wants to speak to you, you know, through his word. And so it's always great to open up and be like, wow, God, you're saying what I need to hear on this day. But are we stopping and slowing down long enough to actually hear the voice of God through his word? Right? There's so many different ways you know, even to do that. For those of you who've been Christians for a while, I want to encourage you. There's a, there's a spiritual discipline, a practice called Lectio Divina. It's called divine reading, where you open up like a Psalms 23 and where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, and you just stop. And you just think and process and let that word speak to you. And you start thanking God for the truth of that in your life. So you're like, God, you are my shepherd. God, you have led me. God, I'm going to submit to you. I am a person who wants to follow. And then you go to the next line and the next line. And it's been a spiritual practice for many, many years. The other way God speaks is through his people. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they're accountable to God. So they're trying to represent God. They're trying to speak to you in your life. It could be a, a parent. It could be you know, a life group leader. It could be by coming to services that there's always something that God wants to say to you. Like Here's, here's always one of my favorite you know, comments that happens on a regular basis. I'll, I'll be you know, out in the lobby or even online. I'll get a, I'll get a message you know, that says, man, that just spoke right to me. It's almost as if you were following me around this entire week and you were just speaking right to me. I look at him and I say, I was. I just stalked you all week long. And your wife called me and said, He's gonna be here. Dan, you gotta deliver it. This is what you gotta say. No way. That's the Spirit of God working. And oftentimes, here's one of the best ways that you know that God is going to speak to you is the times, the mornings, or Thursday night, whatever time you come to service, whether it be online or on-site or at Otis or at Barker, when you don't want to come. You're like, I just don't feel well. You're not sick. You just don't want to be here. And it's always those times, if you're able to overcome that, that that I hear this, Dan, I almost didn't come today. But oh, man, I needed to hear that. It's unbelievable. I'm so glad I didn't give in to that feeling. Could it be that there's another enemy that's at work, which is why God wants to use people in your life to help you become more and more like him, which leads us to the next part of how God speaks. He speaks through circumstances, through circumstances in your life. For example, Acts 217 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Got a chance to go um, to different parts of the Muslim world, you know, over the over the course of my lifetime. And one of the, the most effective and transformative ways in which God is reaching the Muslim world is through dreams. Uh, you have imams, you know, who are, who are, who are uh, pastors, you know, for, for um, uh, the mosques and the different folks who get these visions and these dreams, and Jesus is in them, and he tells them about who he is, and it's 100% accurate and true. You're like, okay, God uses that. So there's circumstances. Uh, we call them coincidences. I call them coincigods. A coincidence is one time. But when you get like six of them, you're like, okay, God is at work. There's too many coincidences for it to be a coincidence. It's a coincidence of God. Come on. God is at work, and he's showing himself through the circumstances in your life. Are we paying attention to how he's speaking? Which leads us to the last one. God speaks through his spirit. See, John 14, 26, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you everything that I've told you. But are we listening See, make sure whatever you hear, whatever you hear through God's word, through other people, through circumstances, through his spirit, warning has to be consistent with his character and his word. That's where we start getting off, right? Where I was like, well, the Lord said to me, I'm like, no, the Lord did not say it was okay to leave your wife just because you fell in love with another person. No, I don't know what Lord you're listening to, but that's the wrong one. So listen to the right one. Okay? In fact, First John 4.1 says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. <laughs> I debated whether I was going to say it, so I'm going to do it anyway. I have gotten so many video email messages in 2020 from prophets that many of you sent to me. About what was going to happen as it pertained to the election or COVID or the economy or whatever, and none of which happened. None of them. And it was just amazing how I would just get flooded, like, oh, Dan, here's another prophet who's got a word from God. I'm like, I don't know what God they're listening to. And that's the danger, you know, with that, is that you have these people that just speak out, you know, some of these things like, oh, now you need to speak out and say, oops, I was wrong. And that's okay. You actually get more respect from me that way. Okay, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening, which leads us to number four: receive and follow what he says. Proverbs three five and six says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart; do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path, which path to take." Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. See, it's one thing to hear from God, but it's another thing when you hear from God to actually say the second part of that prayer: "Speak, Lord, your servant is listening." Do you understand what you're saying? The dangerous part of the prayer is that you're saying, I'm not in charge, you're the boss, your Lord, you're king of my life, and so I want to hear from you, I want you to speak, but the power of the statement and the dangerous part of the statement is to be able to say, uh-oh, speak Lord, I am your servant, and that means what you say, I will receive and I will do all of a sudden things change when we're able to pray something that dangerous. One last note, you know, before we kind of wrap up, you know, on this day, is if you're not hearing from God, if you go through some of these things, and I know this is gonna be new for some of you guys, if you're not hearing from God, there may be one major reason why. And it's usually an unconfessed, unconfessed habitual sin in our lives. See, Psalm 66, 18 says, if I had not confessed, the sin to, in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. It's John nine thirty one. we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Now, if we are practicing sin habitually as a Christian, it will bring our prayer life to a screeching halt. Now, let me say this. All of us sin, probably even more than you and I realize. We sin on a regular basis. That's not what I'm talking about. There is a big difference Between a follower of Christ who sins and a Christian who willfully and habitually sins on a regular basis without any remorse, any regret, any confession whatsoever, that will stop prayer in its tracks. So I want to give you an opportunity to practice this. To practice this thing and not not just talk about it. Uh, It's not our goal during this series for us just to tell you about prayer, but our goal is to actually practice so here's one of the most exciting ones that I believe are the entire one as we kick this thing off, is uh, we were at a staff retreat, you know, and Adam Heeb, who oversees our Celebrate Recovery, introduced us, you know, to this letter from God. It's a letter from God. And what it does is it walks us through what would God have to say to us, and you have to spend a good amount of time listening, listening to what God is saying to you, and it walks you step by step by step. So if you're online, you have an opportunity to access this by clicking on to that and jumping on our screens. As you leave, if you're at uh, Otis or you're here at Barker, as you leave, we're going to put this in your hands. And so the goal is that these prayers would change us and change those around us. And so can we spend some time this week? Here's your next step. Take time this week to walk through a letter from God and then share that with one person before next week. Take time this week and just spend some time, as we talked about, find a place, find some space. You know, if you can, you know, put down the phone. If you need the phone, totally fine. You know, and just walk through this letter and write. You're going to need a journal. You're going to need to write through this. And it walks you through the whole thing. And then just share what you what you hear. If this is freaking you out, you're like, I don't even know what this is, how to do it. It's okay. It's freaking out a lot of us. And we want to walk this journey of freaking out together. That's what it's called Valley Real Life. There's no expectation that you're going to be a professional prayer person, right? They call them prayer warriors, okay? We're not going to to expect all of you on day one to be able to do that, but we are going to challenge you to be able to say, let me step out maybe in a place that I've never stepped out before. Maybe let me pray something I've never prayed before, and it starts with listening to God, listening to God. We're going to exercise some, some new muscles as we go through this. The most important prayer that you can pray, and we're going to say this every week, is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's waiting. He wants you to reach out to him. He's already reached out to you. It looks something like this. And he wants you to reach out to him and to say, Jesus, I receive you. I choose to follow you. I choose to be your servant. Allow me to put you as first place in my life. Because when I'm in charge, let's be honest, it's not going real well. But with you in charge, it gives us a path of peace, of hope, of purpose in this life and the life to come that's beyond anything we can ask or imagine. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this chance to pray. And so even right now, Father, as we spend even 15, 20 seconds in silence, we just want to hear from you. Hear. Lord, hear our prayers, but we just want to hear from you. And so, oh Lord... Here we are. Speak for your servants are listening. Scott. God, I just know that this is going to be a hard series. It's going to be challenging, you know, for us. And I just pray that you would just allow us to surrender ourselves to you and take a journey, to take a risk that could lead to some incredible things in our lives and through our lives. Father, thank you for even this first prayer. Allow us to spend some time this week listening and to hear from you. We're your servants. And we are listening. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.